0: It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate, it's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh
1: yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to
0: Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're blocking all of our social media for Guardians
1: of the Galaxy Volume Three. Even if we're not on there as much as we should be, we're, we're blocking it. Right? This
0: is this is the moment Mike needs to put those keywords in because <laughs> I this, feel like this it, is important. At this point in time, the most efficient thing to do was just just delete Twitter because yeah. I feel like most people are on the verge of so it. So anyway.
1: I deactivated <laughs> my account. Uh, and then reactivated it, but I've deleted the app. So I am not. Uh, I only get it whenever I click on something and, and it's taken me uh-huh. through a link. So I feel I feel free for some reason uh, that it's not on there. So absolutely agree with you, Mike, uh, through that. that. Uh, on the flip side, if you want to entertain yourself until Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3, you can watch Spider-Man on Disney Plus now if you're in the
0: U.S. Uh, Chris, several movies were out of there. You should have said on the thwip side it was right there wow wow you're right
1: i didn't want people to think i was making fun of those with lisp mike i felt like that (laughs) would be very inconsiderate of me uh to do so but yes spider man on disney plus on the flip side if you will (laughs) uh most of this episode we're gonna be talking about the mandalorians third season it wrapped up this Mm -hmm. week and uh literally there's no we are in the eye of the storm for guardians news right and reviews so like nothing is coming out of anything and i'm really just kind of uh, we're scratching the bottom of the barrel to bring you a show this week so we thought we'd just spend a lot of time talking about the Mandalorian um, third season which wrapped up this week on Disney plus as well so
0: I take it as a, as a good sign because usually when we review yeah. these uh, shows we save it to the end of the episode uh, and we're kind of like we're kind of like tapped out by the end I feel yeah. like so now we're we'll get into all the dirty deeds of the Mandalorian season three and and I'm predicting I think uh, Chris and I are a little split. Mm-hmm. on this third season of Mando. So that I think that'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. So
1: um that's what we've got in store for you this week, but uh you know, I I want to give a shout out if no one saw it on social media, we we shared um to to listener Jason who was very enthralled with our breadstick conversation last week before we started the show. <laughs> and um, food is universal, right? Comic books, you know, movies, superhero movies, people can come and go and have different opinions. But but food is universal. They're not really what brings us together. Literally the breaking of breadsticks last week brought us all together. <laughs> and, and this week, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Mountain Dew before we started the show. If anyone's interested in uh, the summer flavor, Mike uh, did remind me was coming out. And what's that called
0: again? Uh,
1: summer Freeze. Mountain Dew yeah. summer freeze.
0: It's supposed to be like kind of like rocket pop flavored, which I I think it's always really funny when you get a fl like a, a novelty flavor of anything out there, whether it's like a, a drink or a food that yeah, you absolutely. consume, uh, because like a a rocket pop at its like origin, it's just sugar, is right? Like, <laughs> it's really just sugar, and I think probably primarily like I know it's like three flavors. I think. Maybe. Well, I wouldn't a, be surprised if some of the cheaper ones were just one singular yeah, flavor.
1: I, my my, my assumption has always been they're like – it's like a cherry or a strawberry at the top, right? A middle – I don't I don't know what white would fall under unless it's like I pineapple. It's like a, I
0: think it's like lemon-lime possibly. Okay. And then
1: the bottom is like a blueberry or raspberry – a blue raspberry, yeah. if you
0: will. But, it, but if you were to like – let's say melt that popsicle and drink it, right? You're not going to be able to distinguish what the hell you're drinking, right? Yep. But if the can you're drinking out of has a little picture of it, then yep. all of a sudden your mind like reconfigures it together, right? It's like the, it's like your brain, like bringing it together. Like when I had that uh, candy corn flavored yep. soda a couple of weeks ago, like I had to be told it was candy corn, yeah. but the it, second somebody tells me, I'm like, Oh, I see it now in my mind's eye. So, my third eye, <laughs> Dr. Strange is palming yeah. over my forehead
1: yeah it, it's it's like uh it's like when you like yeah you can't see like a hidden figure or it's like one of those things where like is it an old lady or is it a beautiful young woman mm-hmm. it's a and, and you have to like look back until someone tells you what it is like mm-hmm. you're like oh there it is it is cherry lime and blue raspberry and the classic iconic bomb pops by the way mm-hmm. uh, but obviously they made more my my wife she's a big fan of the um smirnoff makes a a, a bomb pop flavored um I guess summer drink, like one of their spin offs. Like, it's not a seltzer. They have seltzers of it, but she likes the regulars. I like the seltzer versions. Um, it's just like a universal mixture of three flavors, right? Like, who. I've never heard something like, no, I don't like a bomb pop flavor. Like, I've never heard this in my life. So you know, is this the great unifier, Mike, the three flavors together coming <laughs> representing, you know, America. I, I actually I, was just funny because I told Mike last night and you, you remembered it's uh, Thunder over Louisville season. Uh, yeah. Last night, Mike, which is a half hour fireworks show literally on the, the bridges between Ohio or not, Ohio, over the Ohio
0: River between Kentucky and Indiana.
1: And um, I thought
0: you were saying a storm came through because you had to deal with tornadoes like no the other
1: week. no literally literally it is it is a, a a thunder over Louisville is a firework show they do air shows during the day and at night. They have like this half hour firework show to music and stuff on the river now i used to go a long, long when i was like younger years and years ago but i have uh i do not want to go near that crowd or deal with that traffic for like a 30 minute firework show i can watch at home on, on tv um oh. But it is the kickoff for the Kentucky Derby down here. So in two weeks uh, the I believe the Kentucky Derby will be running and they celebrate for two full weeks doing all sorts of things uh, to, to get ready for this. But they had fireworks last night uh, for that. So um, it's crazy. it's crazy Spring is spring has sprung, Mike. We are we are moving into like full-on spring season here in the Midwest. I don't know how you're you're treating it out there, but uh, absolutely spring is, spring is here um and with spring comes allergies and with allergies comes the ability to stay inside because it's so nice out. <laughs> you want to stay inside and away from those trees that I are trying that. to kill I,
0: you i love that uh, i love that segue I love yes that and there. and
1: to that point i got a video game this week finally after one full year of being delayed a little more than a year and even like longer than that um it was delayed more is advanced wars one and two remastered are you familiar with the uh wars series of games from nintendo oh. and game boy
0: I am extremely familiar specifically with the two games that you're talking about. and I'm really excited to see that they uh, got remastered because I tried to keep up. I feel like with advanced wars as like kind of my Nintendo handhelds evolved over the years, but I don't know if I was just in love with the simplicity of the first two, but like, I feel like I have a memory of getting, one of the more advanced, advanced wars. And yeah. they started adding extra mechanics. I'm like, what is going on here? I I am don't have the capacity to learn all of these military tactics. What happened to the cute little tanks and the little people? Yeah,
1: exactly. So um, there there was a game called uh, uh, Wars, I guess. It might have been like Famicom Wars or Nintendo Wars back when it started, right? And it's a turn-based strategy game where you control your little military um Units in a grid-based, turn-based fashion. And, you know, you have, obviously, it's like a rock-paper-scissors format, right? You know, uh, your infantry are good at capturing uh, towns, but tanks are better than infantry. And long-range are better than tanks, but aerial units are better than long-range. You know, you you get that. Mike, you've played it. You understand it. But, mm-hmm. like, apparently, you know, the one I really got in was Advance Wars, which was on the Game Boy Advance. And then Advance Wars 2, uh, they both came out pretty close to each other, I think, right early 2000s and um as as mike mentioned they have continued to release more and more of these um advanced wars uh a couple more later then there was um battalion wars that might be the one you're talking about um uh which was a little more advanced but you know finally here i don't think they've had any since the 2000s the 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 original between 2000 2010 is the remakes of advanced wars one and two for the uh, nintendo switch which is fantastic so what is great about this you know obviously after 20 years they've updated the artwork right of the characters they've upgraded the units it plays smooth it's great you know there's no load screens because it's all on modern technology playing a game from 2001 or so so um absolutely having having a a blast playing through this campaign i will tell you uh one thing i forgot about this game mike and and you might agree is the ai is brutal they are relentless they (laughs) will straight up go after the unit that can like win you the game immediately and you have to figure out how to stop them even faster um when you find the green army so the, you, you play as the orange army there's a blue army there's a green army they have um their their commanding officer has this ability to let them just do another turn again in the middle of their turn and um that sucks that sucks finding that out the first time I'm like oh this yeah. game is so fun my nostalgia is flowing back oh I remember that japan is japan was not nice when they were playing these making these games years ago yeah
0: it's also i feel like i've never programmed a video game before but i feel like if it's a turn based strategy game it's got to be easier to create a very difficult ai because kind of you're just playing against almost like a chess robot in a way um so yeah Yeah. i I wouldn't be surprised if you could get rocked at that
1: (laughs) yeah i got i got um i one game i didn't lose but i quit because i realized like it was the one I talked about where the guy could like just make them do another turn. I'm like, oh, this does not work with the strategy I was pulling off all. So I reset. I haven't lost yet, knock on wood, but like, I could easily see myself losing pretty quickly if I'm not like, you know, staying on top of this stuff. So uh, absolutely a fun time with those games. Able to pick it up. Um, I pre-ordered it, but you can pick it up in the store. Uh, I saw it in a couple stores this weekend already. So if you're a Switch person looking for some casual turn-based action, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Remastered, uh absolutely available and um i'm gonna go into talking about some media i gotta watch this weekend not mm-hmm. not uh not not cat dog mike as i told you about yesterday my dad had full range of my plex server he just put on cat dog for an hour. <laughs> um, we i just got done watching uh, right before we came about uh, the apple tv plus or apple plus movie ghosted um, which you you said you kind of heard about a little bit. Um, not yeah, not a whole lot of marketing for this movie. It kind of popped up on me in a couple of news articles uh, recently, and I'm like, oh, it stars Chris Evans and Anna De Armas. Great, Chris Evans, Captain America, right? Anna De is the um, lead in that upcoming John Wick spinoff, Ballerina, right? So I'm like, this should be a pretty solid action movie. And let me tell you, I have never. Wanted to unrecommend a movie so fast in my my life. Oh my gosh, no! (laughs) Yeah, Um, this is. I think the premise of this movie is great. There is a um, just a normal guy who bumps into a, uh, a, I guess a a high level spy skills um, at a a farmers' market. He doesn't know that she's at. They they have like a one night stand, and then you know he goes crazy texting her, and he gets. She doesn't respond, so everyone tells him that he's been ghosted. Hence the title of the movie, Mike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, great premise. However, it takes like a half hour of this two-hour movie to get to that point. And I'm like, for an action comedy, you don't want to drag this on. Like, you want to get to the action. You want to get to the comedy. The the action scenes in this movie, I think, are pretty spectacular. Is It was um, the stories by uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who I believe did Deadpool 1, right? Um, or at least Deadpool 2, one of the, one, uh, one of the Deadpool movies um and let me tell you the cameos in this movie mike are fantastic like a lot of big name cameos if you Mm -hmm. um i will tell you there are probably more marvel actors in this than you would ever believe would be in a movie like this um (laughs) and so don't look at the cast list if you want to watch it but but it was fun to see it but i will tell you i've just never been so bored uh with uh like two really really popular action stars and in action quote-unquote comedy comedy is not funny at all in this movie by the way uh that i've ever ever seen so i cannot unrecommend this movie fast enough but like if you want to read about it feel free to do so but like i did not i wouldn't say i had a good time i can't say i had a bad time because i saw chris evans like a month ago and i don't want him to think i'm talking bad about him but like this movie (laughs) is just awful uh in in terms of like not having a good time i went to go to the bathroom in the middle of it my wife's like i'll pause it i'm like nope i don't need to see what's happening next like i will I will understand when I come back when the scene is still playing out. What is what is going on here? So, um, did you ever watch like uh, what was it? Night and day, the Tom Cruise movie with uh, 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 what's her name from The Mask. Uh, there's something about Mary uh, uh,
0: Cameron Diaz. Yeah,
1: yeah, Night and Day with uh, Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, where he's like a spy and she's like. Not his girlfriend, but like caught up in all this stuff, like while she's trying mm-hmm. to date him. It's it's like that's a great version of this movie, if you will. Yeah. So
0: it, 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 I feel like it's 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 now a trip because no, I can think of a third example of there's a uh, a Chris Pine, um, uh, Reese, Reese Witherspoon, and. Um, What's his name? Uh, Bane and Venom. Uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, okay. Where they're where they're like both spies. They're trying to date Reese Witherspoon, and she gets tied up with it. So apparently, every screenwriter comes to Hollywood, and it's just like, I got a great idea for a movie. What if spy tries to date? <laughs> that seems to be the premise.
1: Oh yeah, and, and and it's like you know what if a normal person who's like you know dis down to earth and really cool, um, is you know uh, caught up in the world of super spies. And yeah, I, I think it, it's a great. You know great actors but man this was just the the delivery was not not there so um really disappointed to say that because i think like i said it's got it's got some fun cast but like just really bleh, if you will <laughs> but it did star uh they didn't star uh the mom of chris evans is amy sadaris who's actually in the mandalorian she is the uh the guy who builds his ships and stuff on on tatooine but um mm-hmm. i can't think of that character's name starts with a p i think so um but yeah anyway yeah just a very meh time in a movie mike so i can't can't recommend it but you are moving on to a couple other films here i i don't now don't don't tell me i'm wrong um did did recent Werner have anything to do with they just they didn't do anything with with john wick right they're just deadpool people i'm pretty sure
0: Um, Yeah, I have have no idea. Yeah, Uh, okay. I'm going
1: to look this up while you're doing this, but you've (laughs) got to watch some fun movies with action in it.
0: Uh, All I know is I'm finally trying to move through the John Wick franchise so I can get me and my wife to the theater to watch John Wick 4 before it leaves. And we have to act soon, right? Because Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out. You know, it's going to start pushing other uh, movies out of the screens. You know, movies already don't stay very long in movie theaters anymore to begin with. So we finally sat down yesterday and like oh let's put on john wick 2 let's finally watch it now i did my wife a service of trying to recap the first John Wick movie because this is actually a problem I had when I went to go see John Wick 2 for the very first time in theaters it had been however amount of time was between the first movie and second movie where I had seen the first one right so like I kind of had a vague memory of what happened in the first movie but like I was under the impression that he got his car back in the first film and I was extra confused when the second movie starts off and he's like going back to steal his car so I was very confused so I was like I'm gonna help my wife out here I'm gonna let her know where we're at how things are going and we Ran right into it Had a great time With the second film Mm -hmm. And my wife's Favorite part Of this franchise Is all of this um, All of this Continental Underground rules And society And they might be they might be assassins, but they have a code that they follow, and she's getting really into all of that, and that only gets amped up the more and more that you yeah. get into this franchise, and it's the it's honestly the smartest decision that they ever made. I'm sure that there's some behind-the-scenes interviews where they talk to the the screenwriter or creator of uh, John Wick, but I'm very curious like, did they ever think this underground spy stuff was going to be the most engaging part of it? Because I think most people would probably point to like the action and the intensity and the set yeah. pieces, but like, it it's, it's Honestly, it's the underground story that makes you care and pushes you through the, the next scene. So uh, she was really getting into that the second one. And then I didn't even have to bring up the option of watching the third one. The credits start rolling on that second one, which ends on a cliffhanger compared to the first one, kind of wraps everything up, right? So mm-hmm. the cliffhanger ending is put out there. John Wick has like an hour you know, before the open contract goes and she like looks at me and she's just like, can we watch the next one? And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't even have to recommend it. Uh So we, yeah, we, we rolled right into the third one right away. So we're already planning our, our date night this week around John wick four. So we're hyped. We're ready to go. We're excited. Uh, it was. It's also nice because, like, I really like these films, but I, you know, I don't really get around to rewatching a lot of movies. So it, a lot of these were like my second time viewing these, and it was just great. It's fun, uh, <laughs> John Wick. Uh, likes three things I've found the pattern so far obviously he loves headshots right we all know that and he also you know he likes the double tap on top of that right right which I always I always find really funny because it's just like I'm you put that gun right under his chin and pull the trigger I'm pretty sure that mercenary's dead but he goes in always for one more shot so you know he's prepped for any possible zombie crossover that a Hollywood studio might put on top of him Oh yeah. Uh, num- number two, uh, loves to shoot kneecaps, which I don't know why it seems so brutal to me, but like I just I feel like the knee is just a very uh an intricate part of the human body and just to imagine a bullet blowing through it, just like completely decimating it right because it's just like as you see in action movies sometimes you could get shot in the torso or the arm or the shoulder right you get bandaged up get back out there right but I feel like there's no way you're coming back from getting blasted in the knee right like Mm. even if you survive his onslaught right and you're like one of the henchmen that like crawls away you know gets out of there which almost never happens John Wick's KD ratio is perfect Um, right like you're just there's no. I hope it is because he's not not really (laughs) died
1: so yeah yeah Uh, I guess
0: that's true. Well, I guess survival rate. Yeah, yeah. His kill count count (laughs) is through the roof. How about that? Yeah. So the, the, the knee is always very visceral. Oh, yeah. And then also, like, you know, this is the most realistic thing about the John Wick franchise. And I believe every human being would succumb to this when in a life and death situation, he goes for the groin. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's available right because he is an assassin he's a mercenary he will hold up his honor code right but if his if his end goal is to kill you he doesn't really care how he does no, it he, yeah. he he will kick you in the nuts uh he will shoulder you in the nuts he will get you in the groin however he can and i just <laughs> it's just interesting to watch it i didn't really pick it up on my first watch through of these movies so uh that's my advice to anyone out there if you're get if you if you have a possible assault in front of you right just go for the Go for the bits. No one's like, no one's gonna be in that courtroom, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, well, we were gonna send this criminal to jail, but the your your uh, defendant over there, uh blasting him in nuts, so we're gonna let him go. Like, that's not gonna well, happen. <laughs> I, this is not a spoiler,
1: Mike, but I will tell you if you love nut shots, four is gonna be up your fucking ass, my friend. <laughs>
0: like, you are gonna love it. So, yeah. uh, and also, and also, like, you can also like. Uh, see the production value obviously increase in these films. Uh, and I'm sure the fourth one's going to be off the chain. But, like, oh, even yeah. I always find it funny to track kind of like the visual effects um, squibs or just like um, visual assets that they use to put in like blood splatter and stuff. Because, like, in the first John Wick, it's probably the worst part. Yeah. about the first film and it's a great movie right but some of those like uh, vfx like blood sprays are like oh that's like out of the action essentials pack that you can just like google and like download for like 50 bucks <laughs> well like, anyone can get those right but they improve them over time so i was like this is great Th- this is just a scrappy i just love that this was just like a script floating around out there in the world you know and it just happened. The best case scenario happened, right? It just turned in this whole they, thing.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I think we, we we confirmed this last time. Every time they made a John Wick film, the, the budget has doubled. Oh yeah. uh, So like yeah, uh, like the first one was made for 20 million. This last one four was made for 100 billion. So yeah, absolutely. If you're you can tell it, it.
0: If, yeah, if you're from a younger uh, generation, uh, the John Wick franchise is just. It's amazing because it's like this is how movies kind of always used to get made, right? You make the first one, you prove yourself kind of with like a lower budget, but you delight the audience, you surprise them, and then this is just like this is just like a normal template for filmmaking, right? We're going to give you more money on the second one because you've proved you can make more money and the audience is there and then you just keep folding it up and up and up and up. Uh, I would say the uh, the uniqueness to this one this time around is we've gone past three movies already, right? Yeah. There's like spinoffs in the work, so it's yeah, just exciting. John Wick makes me excited, and this is a, a quadrilogy, you
1: know, right now that exists because you know one person is directing this. Chad Silhovsky has directed all four of these movies, right? Mm-hmm. And. You know, um, I believe. Um, and Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he was like a stunt coordinator before this. So, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is somebody who didn't didn't start on film school. He he did stunts. You know, wanted to make a stunt movie. Added John Wick keeps going, keeps rolling up, right? So, um, it's fantastic. It's it's a story of 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 a I guess a successful franchise. But yeah, it's hard to believe it's been nine years or ten full years of John. We've had um as much time between john wick one and four as we have between guardians one and three mike which you know <laughs> wow. which is going to be a great segue into our first topic if you're you're good with it um guardians of the galaxy volume three is dropping in a week and a half for 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 good right uh may 5th may 4th uh, mm-hmm. and everybody but i will tell you right now i had an article just pulled up right before this uh, they're doing early screenings of this movie uh, for social media reactions, right? To get people hyped, talking about it. Usually two weeks before a movie, that's a good sign. You don't you don't really see social reactions this early on a movie, which is just kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Guardians Volume 3 is, uh, I think, um, the studio has confidence in, right? You've got James Gunn, proven track record with two Guardians movies. Um, a franchise that nobody thought was ever gonna work, right uh, at the start, because who gets a talking raccoon and a talking tree into a movie uh, and makes it, you know, viable? It's science fiction. It's high concept. Uh, but we, and James Gunn, has been fired from Disney, as we talked about before the show. Guardians Three should not exist, and it should not, um, shouldn't exist in a normal world. And this is crazy that it does, and I'm excited that it does. Right? At, yeah. At it's it's it.
0: Yeah, it's safe to say that it's going to be uh, impactful, right? Yeah. You know, whether or not it's good or not, you know, you can make your uh, judgments and your guesses, but it'll have an impact for
1: sure. And I I didn't, you know, read into the, the social media reactions very well, but, like, you know, it is one of those things just to say, hey, these are going to be out there. And I believe... I've got to go through our ch- our chat conversations here. Um, the when is the the social embargo or the the review embargo is lifting next next Friday, the twenty eighth at ten a.m. Pacific, so one p.m. Eastern. So reviews are going to drop on Friday. So if you want to maintain, I guess, your secrecy from this and you know whatever you want to To stay away from this as far as you can, I would start blocking all those keywords right now, or just delete Twitter. That's a quick way to get rid of all that
0: stuff,
1: <laughs> as well. Um, but this is a, you know our reminder. You need to to do that. Uh, the reactions are online. I can't. You know there are people. My, me and Mike mentioned talked about this before the show. There are people watching this who are hyped and are behaving right. I, I haven't seen spoilers. I haven't even heard about end credit scenes, Mike, and that's usually the first thing that drop. Um, out of out of people who are leaking things. Uh, so. With the Marvel Studio spoiler subreddit shut down, that is also being curbed quite a bit. So uh, we're we're at a really good point here where we can you know, avoid a lot of good stuff. But you know the reviews are going to be no holds barred, right? That's the big ones that I worry about reading. I don't want a reviewer's opinion to really reflect how I feel and, and how I'm enjoying a movie uh, before I get there. So um, yeah, everyone just just block that if you want to. The other confirmation uh, I just had, Mike. Uh, this is a two-hour and twenty-nine-minute film, uh, so we, mm-hmm. this is a little bit longer. Uh, so be prepared to, to to you know, go to the bathroom beforehand. Keep yourself together. You probably won't want to miss any of this movie the first time you watch it. I feel.
0: Yeah, the wife and I are trying to um, customize and maximize our th- theater-going experience. So the theater that we go to, uh, the premiere showings, you know, on like Thursday nights are usually in one of two theaters, like Theater Seven or Theater Eight. And uh, we're getting very familiar with what what seats we like in each theater and so forth. But the problem is, is the theater that we're seeing uh, this screening in when it comes out for Guardians, there's like a very specific LED running light along the floor Mm -hmm. that like blinds us out of the corner of our eye and like drives us fucking crazy because like we like these seats it's just in an odd uh, this awesome kind of section corner of the theater we always go out of our way to get them but like this freaking light so like i'm gonna take gaff tape or like electrical tape with me to <laughs> to our screening and like when no one's looking i'm just gonna put the tape over the running light. Oh, yeah. i'm like nope i'm, I'm fixing this and you should just and take just... a
1: big electrical strip tape and just
0: <laughs> cover the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, and they don't pay people enough to work really any part-time job anymore. So no one's gonna care that works there. They're not even gonna notice. So yeah, no one, uh, we'll no one's watching
1: long... you go sit down, right? They're only watching you when you're in the movie. So if you yeah. do that the second you get in there, I'm pretty sure you might even get an applause from everybody else sitting around you. Might get yeah, that. Yeah. So this
0: will. This will be a fun thing that we can keep track of on the podcast, see how long my tape stays up. So yeah. I'm saying this now to remind myself, I think I got to locate the tape, make sure I got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look at I, I did see at the store this weekend, all the colorful rolls of duct tape are starting to come out. So again, summer is here. Um, don't fix things. Just duct tape them. That's I'm, what I'm hearing uh, for this. Um, I will say, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I might have an opportunity to watch this movie this coming Friday, Mike. And I'm, I'm really excited if anyone wants to know anything, they can message me over the weekend, next weekend. But I'm not going to come in with a review next weekend. I'm going to watch it. If I get a chance to watch it earlier, you know, um, thank heavens. If not, I'm going... To, I sold my tickets for opening weekend and I'm going to keep regardless. So, um, not next weekend, but in two weekends, we will have a review episode for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for everybody here. So, very, very excited for that um, at this. It'll probably be i say next weekend is going to be also the last weekend for Mario to maintain at the box office, you think? Um, I don't know of anything else coming out between this coming weekend, right? Evil Dead Rise came out, but Mario still beat that because it's an R-rated film. Um, I
0: I just saw a headline that says they're predicting a $1 billion uh, box office passing uh, next week on Mario. So, yeah, that (laughs) is... cranking
1: so the other funny part about this in argentina um some local tv station played a cam version of the movie in full on tv for people in argentina of of super mario brothers did you had you seen that yet at all Mm -mm, no yeah so like um they someone i I believe i just pulled up i had had saved here gin tv argentina station um uh played literally the full cam version of uh super mario brothers movie on, on their, like, live TV network there in Argentina. <laughs> and they also did it um, with Eight um, uh, man in the Wasp Quantumania
0: down there. <laughs> this is so. what we should do, Chris. This also reminds me. I just saw a headline um, not too long ago that says, this uninhabited private island could be yours for, like, Uh, It was a low, pretty low dollar amount compared for a private island, right? So Mm -hmm. we we crowdfund some money, right? We get some people moving in on this island. We create our own kind of like broadcast TV um, on the island, and then we just play pirates of things. And we just wait and see how long it takes for like... Yeah. I don't know Hollywood to hire a private militia to come take us out.
1: Yeah, that that or yeah, how do we get the internet out there? I always thought you were gonna say let's open up our own independent movie theater and then just put a camera in the theater so we could watch it in the safety of our own homes. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you you you've really surprised me here. Uh, you know, I I like to think that extra stuff. You know? Yeah, I just checked. Uh, Super Mario's eight hundred seventy-six million dollars. Oh, be prepared for the next couple years of Mario movies, Mike. Well Ooh. actually I take that back. Nintendo's really slow about their stuff, right We talked about that with Detective Pikachu being successful so we'll see about that. Uh, on the flip side uh, for those who did not know, it was a really surprise announcement but this was made years ago uh, f- at least six Spider-Man movies from the Sony's franchise and one from M- five from Sony one from Marvel have made their way finally to Disney plus in America for us to watch them.
0: Yeah, this was weird. It was like a surprise, but also like, oh no, we were told this was going to happen. It's just one of those things where it's like, well, who's keeping track, right? Yeah. Of that, like, when that, when legal that day announcement that, month. that happened. Yeah, it just kind of dropped out of nowhere. So. Which is, which is great, because uh, a lot of these were just on weird streaming services before, mm-hmm. right? Like, whatever, like, stars or well, Crackle or Showtime. Well, I thought Netflix had
1: some of these for a while, but I never saw them on Netflix or heard about them on Netflix, so I, I don't know what what's going on. Um, but to drop them in the middle of the week in, in April, I'll take it. That's fine yeah, with me. I,
0: and I definitely don't believe that this is going to be permanent in any way. Like, I know it seems like, oh, they finally made their way home in a way, right? I think this is just a streaming licensing deal, just like any other streaming licensing deal. So these will probably be leaving Disney Plus in, like, I don't know, maybe three or four years or something like that. And then they'll probably move to whatever mm. else who wants to pay for them next
1: year. i am mean, pull up an old article. So this was announced in uh, 2021. Um, whenever the, the deal was. I'm trying to see if they said anything about, like, you know... Because, you know, currently we know Sony has Spider-Man in perpetuity, as long as they're making a movie, right? It doesn't expire. They, they, they're, they're good to go. But everyone has seemed to be playing nice since Civil War, Marvel Civil War, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been fine. Um, Sony's still making their weird one-offs with Venom and um, the fucking Morbius movie. I always forget that exists until something, you know brings it back here um but i don't know if uh i don't know when um they don't say when the thing ends so yeah you're right they could go away i would like to see them like hey we're, we're all playing ball here disney has first right of refusal right hey as long as we re-up our contract we can keep it unless something goes completely sideways Is what i would like to hear but um we'll, we'll see about that and as we talked about last week with the future of hulu in kind of you know an unknown state right um it. I don't see them definitely going to there um, either. Now, the the two missing movies from this are uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man No Way Home. But I have heard Far From Home is supposed to land later this year on the streaming service. Um, no word on No Way Home yet. So, um, that, that's fine. I, I'd like to have everything MC-related in one playlist, right? We've always talked about that being the dream of you know the streaming services like hey here's here's the timeline in this and you can watch them all if you want to film hit play and, and walk away if you will so that that's pretty cool now the the flip side of that is um, you know in that same regard Disney is, is licensing all the movies they can from Sony if you will <laughs> so Venom is also a Disney Plus for those who are really interested in watching Venom again now it's not for us but people did go watch this movie right it made a lot of money uh, so there's nothing wrong with them having it on a streaming service, right? Uh, one home for everything. I think, um, Mike, and you tell me what you think. The The benefit is Sony never made their own streaming service, and I just want to thank God for that at this, at this time. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> because it would just be chock full of awful stuff at this point. Um, yeah, anything else? I mean, are there any other, you know, I, I don't need Morbius, I don't need Venom 2, is, is there any... I guess standout movies on non Disney plus yet that you'd like to see from like the old in Marvel days that you'd like, ah, I really wish I could go back and rewatch fantastic is on there, but like daredevil or like Elektra, or, you know, or something like
0: just to revisit do, these things. Do we want to put anyone up to those? I mean, does, does anyone need to suffer? Yeah. through uh, well, Ben Affleck is daredevil again.
1: I, I like the idea, you know, for, for, you know, I, I own physical copies of these movies, but I would like to easily be able to legally access them, you know, in, in an area by, by the company who, who made them, right? Which was Fox, which is now owned by Disney. So I would like to at least be able to, like, hey, if I ever wanted to sit down and revisit this as an example of, like, hey, things not to do, right? Or, like, hey, a couple scenes in this were pretty good. Let me go check them out, you know, again, legally, uh, without getting the disc out. I think that would be nice, just convenience sake. Um, not necessarily, um, hey, or like a like a what's it like an archive like archive.org does, right? Like this is the history of where we've come from. Look how far we have, we have not fallen. Thankfully, you know we're not doing X Men three again. Thank God, because you know they did that twice with X Men three, and then uh, what was one after Apocalypse they did? Dark Phoenix was just they just call it Dark Phoenix at the end of the mm-hmm. day. God, I forgot about that movie. So. <laughs> Um, yep, check those out on on Disney Plus. Uh, moving in, CinemaCon
0: is this weekend, Mike. I've not heard a lot of
1: information out of this.
0: Have you yet?
1: Have you seen it anywhere?
0: No, I saw a um, I saw a headline on like Variety or Deadline. Maybe it was like this morning or yesterday that uh, CinemaCon was coming. Oh, tomorrow! It's tomorrow. And... It's tomorrow. Yeah. There it is. So um,
1: CinemaCon is starting
0: tomorrow, and with that comes the first
1: public screening of the
0: Flash movie,
1: Mike, which doesn't come out till
0: June. Man, that is that is crazy. I feel like yeah, just show it to anybody. We gotta get we gotta get this out in the world. We Tom gotta get Cruise has seen it. We don't need
1: we don't need anybody else. To see. He recommends this movie, Mike. You remember that?
0: Yeah, that's true. And if it's does that mean we're gonna get like you know leaked cams of like the you know the ending of the movie? At this point in time, I'm just like. I usually, so, I'm like, I don't want to watch cams. I don't need them right, but I'm just uh, like, if there was a cam of The Flash out there, I'd probably just watch it. Just if, there was a, it over if there
1: was a cam of The Flash two months early, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I do think they have done some, I think there was like one more, I think one final quote-unquote test screening this week is what I was reading. That's why I thought it already screened. I just looked at It was a test screening. Um, with all the changes from, I would not say the DC Universe. I wouldn't say maybe even Saffron or Gun mandated, but they have changed this movie so much that they've removed any Zack Snyder references, only con- connecting it to the DC EU uh, Joss Whedon's version, even um, at its finality point, uh, which is uh, you know good because you know we don't need to continue Zack Snyder's universe beyond
0: anything else. I, apparently the, apparently the Russo brothers have a podcast uh, that shows up uh, occasionally in my social feeds called like Pizza Film School. Yeah, and uh, they just recently did like a two-parter episode like with Zach Snyder, yeah. and I was just like, I can't bring myself to watch it slash listen to it, but also like. I kind of want to because talk about like whether no matter how you feel about Snyder, right? Mm. Like this is a, a unique style of conversation of like these two superhero film juggernauts kind of getting in the room together. But at the same time, I feel like you're not really going to hear like the, um, the you're only going to be hearing like sanitized stories. I feel like. Well, at the <laughs> but same like what a wild combo.
1: Well, I think at the same
0: time, what's interesting is, you know, whether
1: we we. You know, how we feel about Zack Snyder and his work in the DC and everything. Before that, he is still getting hired and funding from studios, right? We are not. We are not making millions of dollars to make movies that, you know, we get to sit here and bitch about on know, our podcast. I don't know about you,
0: Chris, but I have a very popular a- alias that rhymes with uh, Smeven Smielberg. Uh I do a lot of uh, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Old, old makeup and, you know, it works out really, really well for me. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and, and uh, I'm also George Lucas, uh, people. You can blame me for the prequels. Uh, but uh, I think it would be interesting to hear his take on filmmaking. I know we disagree with it, you know. Even though we, we saw, what was the zombie movie called again? Dead Dead Army. Army of the Army Dead. Dead yeah, yeah, Army of the Dead. Um, you know, and his very very weird bokeh focus on that film, um, which is distracting. But I, I would be interesting to, to listen to him. It's I looked up here. It's an hour and fifty minutes. If you look at the YouTube videos of him. Uh, of the podcast but i would be interested to hear you know this guy's out there getting the job making money making films doing what he wants to do and that's you know netflix has hired him to him do his rebel moon franchise right so i can't fault him for being able to do that and and continuing to do so he's got to be doing something right in the pitch process and um i i'd be interested to know what that is at the end of the day um how is he tricking these people and they give them money? Uh, <laughs> continually. But, you know, you're right. You, you that's, a, that's a good point. I have, you know, despite what we want to think, I've hold, heard only good things about The Flash, you know, even anecdotally and, and through these, these these screenings. I'm very intrigued to see how it plays out. And if the, uh, again, the changes, uh, like I said, to remove Zack Snyder's references in this movie are true, and it comes out the other side, did, did the DC Universe find a way to make it carry on or just exist in its own little pocket so like hey if we want to reference this we could um you know kind of at the same time um I'm very intrigued about this movie uh, like you mentioned like just a just a, how did it happen and and what what's the end result because it went through so many directors and so many rewrites so um I'm, I'm sure we'll find a lot more articles about this uh, next week whenever we come back from cinema or we're not going to silicon CinemaCon. whenever silicon's over and people are writing to get all their, their articles in for the week. Uh, just added to this for the show, Mike. I wanted to tell you, Forrest Whitaker will be back to reprise his role as Saul Guerrero in season two of Andor. Um, they really,
0: really, really love Saul Guerrero in in the Disney universe lately. I don't know. He's the uh, he's he's glue that sticks a lot of things together. But just yeah. like all of the. Uh, uh, Andor-related uh, glue, right? It yeah. all dies. <laughs> it all yeah. dies on a planet he, by some giant spaceship. He,
1: he does. He, he dies. What was it on Jeddah. He was on the planet Jeddah when he died. Yeah. Um,
0: I he- guess theoretically, like, if between Andor and Saw if one of them had to miraculously survive, I guess Saw makes a little bit more sense, uh-huh. because like, I don't think you kind of exactly see him get vaporized like you do Andor, uh, but maybe there's a way around it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure his... Oh he, yeah, he's, he's dead. He's cut off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and Saw like, you know, um, created earlier on in the Clone Wars, they show him as like a younger person, right? As a, like a freedom fighter, uh, guerrilla warfare on, on in the Clone Wars, he has been in the, um, the Jedi Fallen Order game. Uh, he might have even been in uh, Rebels. I don't remember, but I, I feel confident I could say he was in Rebels. Um, and uh, obviously, Andor season one. And, and then by the end, we see him in uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue One. He he's a little unhinged, right? Like he's breathing out of his like little breather mask. He's using like the the mind reader or mind kind of flare aliens mm-hmm. on on. Riz Ahmed's character, so like, there's, there is, uh, I I don't know, maybe in Andor we're gonna see this breakdown over time, right, of him being like just a normal, you know, kind of rebel freedom fighter thing at no all costs to becoming, the the unhinged person who lives on the Jedi planet, um, mm. a little bit. I think I like to see that, but, um, yeah, Andor, like I said, you know, we're we're still about a year and a half away from season two, but, uh. By then we'll we'll have we'll be back in prestige television mode. Mike, for that. Uh, in the interim, I think we will get a. Uh, I think we'll have the Mandalorian season four before we see, Andor season two. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, but you know we're going to hear sit and talk about the Mandalorian season three, which just wrapped up after uh, uh-huh. eight eight episodes, right? Um, it's eight episodes. So, uh, we just. Um, got off of this the show it's been it's been going you know for a little over two months in parallel with star wars the bad batch on wednesdays and uh we're we're back at it again after how long has it been for season two was it two years
0: year and a half um, yeah, I guess it, I guess it depends if you're accounting uh, appearances of Mando, you know, showing up in the Book of Boba Fett. It feels like he's just kind of always been with us a little bit each year. Yeah, right. So whether it's not 20, whether it's been a full season or not, twenty
1: October of twenty twenty. Uh, so I damn, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna count. I will count again. Book of Boba like it's like a two point five, right? Like it fills in a lot of like I wouldn't say it fills in the gap, but it kind of sets the pieces for this season to take place rather than listen
0: you throw pedro pascal in that uniform you know they put it up on a couple coat hangers inside of the room next to the volume yeah. throw him in front of some unreal engine backgrounds and he, he just got a constant stream yeah. of uh, mando he's there not even go. in this he wasn't
1: i think he was only in the suit like four times i said this season
0: yeah, I saw I saw a screenshot of some I guess maybe there was like some discourse in the background where people were talking about how much he was there I'm not 100% sure well, but um, there were some side by side pictures of like just some mannerisms of how Mandalorian like Mando would just kind of like stand in a specific scene and they'd put yeah. it side by side from Joel and the last of us and like Tell me that's not Pedro so, under that suit. And it's like, yeah, no, that's a pretty convincing. Actually, yeah, they do kind of look like they're standing yeah. in the same pose.
1: So the the problem with – I would say the problem with it, the reason he wouldn't be if anyone was interested is because he was filming The Last of Us while they were filming this. So um, I, I, w- I would 100% think that they would be like, yeah, you can – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get your stand-ins because this season, again, no spoilers, he did not remove his helmet at all this season, right? The other two seasons he did. This
0: season he did not. Well, I would disagree – that not no spoilers because we should be talking about spoilers. No, that's true. because true. <laughs> the, the season's over. Yeah, uh, it's the end of the it's the end of our podcast episode. If you don't, so if you don't want to hear the spoilers, just go ahead and yeah. uh, dip. But yeah, yeah, we never see his uh, pretty gruffled face. No, but my, my guess would be uh, this: if if he was not in the suit that often, it was not him being a diva. No, yeah, no, no. no yeah. He seems like he is really loving this new chapter of his career, from kind of going mm-hmm. to obscurity to biggest star on the planet. The, you mean internet daddy if you will yes exactly
1: (laughs) but but at the same time you're gonna go focus your time and and money where or energy where you're you're on screen the whole time right like in the last Mm -hmm. of us he is not under makeup he was in nine all but like one or two episodes right i think there's Mm -hmm. like the flashback episode he might have been in for a couple seconds or minutes but like in, in this Mandalorian, he does not take his helmet off this season so it could literally they could have, he could have been in, a, like you always say, Mike, in his closet doing the lines and sending them over because <laughs> there's no mouth movements to line up. Like, they're like, when you're wearing a Mandalorian helmet, it is the easiest voiceover work in the world, mm-hmm. it seems like. Uh, and, um, yeah, we get half of the, the, epi- half of the season, I would say. In this, we get two Mandalorian crews, as we've always seen, right? The, the mask fanatics and the unmasked, um, I guess mercenaries, if you will. And mm-hmm. um they, they have a lot of uh a lot of both, so I, I think, you know, there's there's um a lot of voiceover work done done this season for that. But they, I think they did change the voice of um Pat it's not Paz Vizla, the um the machine gun dude. They changed his voice actor to the guy who actually plays him in the show um this season because he had more he had more lines and more of a presence than he had in the previous seasons. I think it was the big well- the biggest thing doesn't have a presence anymore. He does not. He he <laughs> he did go down. I will think. I I do say, um, really. If I sit here and think about this, Mike, the only two episodes of this whole season I can remember are the final two seasons, episodes, right? Like, if you could have just watched the final two episodes, that's all you need out of this season, really, to understand
0: the story and kind of what's going yeah.
1: on. But if you to will. be
0: honest. But to be honest, I feel like that's the the single biggest flaw with this season. And I'm going to put some caveats real quick for everything that I'm going to say about Mandalorian Season 3. Because I think there's something going on here. There's something out of the ordinary when it comes to production of this season that's just not lining up with the first two seasons that we got. And you brought up a good point to me, I think, uh, off mic in a text message. That um, possibly it could be the absence of Dave Filoni. uh, Ahsoka... Uh, show, I I just looked it up, started production in May of last year, while this season started in October but Ahsoka's not out yet and they're still working on it so I don't think Filoni was involved much in season three or I think you could factually say not as much as the first two seasons right I think that's safe to say and also we still don't know exactly what are some of these long tail effects of COVID when it comes to production Mm -hmm. if you remember the second season of Mandalorian was almost done just before the pandemic kicked off so they got pretty lucky that most of that second season was unaffected by the pandemic but this was i would say mostly fully affected by it at least i think when it comes to production rules because i don't think those have really been totally loosened uh just yet or back to normal i think they are just getting back to normal like just within the last couple weeks at least out here in la i'm not too sure about the volume is located in Georgia, right? There's a couple
1: there's a couple volumes, so it could yes. it could be in any of them if I'm going to be completely yeah,
0: honest. Yeah. And those are all indoor environments, so I'm just not 100% sure, but I think yeah. all of that's coming together it made a really weird season for me. This yeah. just felt not so tonally different. Like I I feel like all of the decisions have made of where these characters should go and where they should end up. You know, none of that's, you know, out of question, but everything just felt off. The performances felt very stiff to me. The storytelling felt either unserious or very amateurish. Um, It feels like the things that you could control in that environment were the best, right? Visual effects and music. Uh, just as great as they always are, right? You know, because that's all done in pretty much the same like computer office environment, right? So all yeah. of that's looking great and amazing and unchanged. But yeah, just just like you said, Chris, like the most eventful things happen uh, that you can yeah. remember in the last two episodes. So it almost felt like they were, you know, just like trying to put some filler in here, right? Let's just let's just make it to the last two episodes where we have some stuff, you know, going down. And honestly, like. I wasn't really that excited to see Moff Gideon again, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we saw Mando well, take well, him out pretty easily, right? The, because Moff the five Gideon minutes a, we
1: p- saw him, though, like, I mean, like, it's really, they didn't really give him anything to do this season. It,
0: like, it wasn't that big of a reveal to me, to be honest. Like, oh, he's back. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't really think he was super imposing to begin with, right? So just because yeah. you're giving him, like, this fancier, like, you know stormtrooper mandalorian-esque armor like i'm I'm still not that into it
1: i think the the, there's there's two things you know with this one if you look at the the writer director list there's a lot of you know the last two the last episode dave only wrote two episodes one is um, remember where they had to go rescue the foundling um from the the big dinosaur bird or whatever yes and that had the flashbacks to um you know again uh grogu's escape from the jedi temple during that that part of it was written by dave uh dave filoni and then also the um the 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 second to last episode where they go back to mandalore um the first time before gideon appears at the end of the episode was written by dave also uh rick uh fam uh, he did the first episode and the last two i think he does some of the best action in in the show as well right like the the action scenes in the last two were, were great. I would like to see if I could if I could go back and have redone this, Mike, in in a, in the a good world. The last two episodes literally being the entire season. Like split those two into eight episodes, right? And tell a a more, I guess, not nuanced story, but a longer story because as you mentioned Moff Gideon, he showed up, right? But he only showed up literally in these last two episodes. At the end of 7 and then for a a pretty I would say probably one of the better fight scenes in the, in episode 8, right? It was cool to see all the action going on in eight, but we didn't get a lot of action earlier on in the show at all. Um, so I, I think you know, it, while we, we're seeing literally the Mandalorian, who is a who we met as a bounty hunter, and has kind of evolved a little bit, and then the other part is the Mandalorian, I guess, is kind of grown into like a threefold name, right? Because of um, uh, what's her name? I, uh, Bo Katan has really, mm-hmm. I she took a bigger role than I expected for this whole season, I didn't expect her to be there from episode one on in every episode I mean, which was interesting really
0: to be honest she was kind of the the core story of yeah. this season and i feel like they should have leaned into it even more to be honest right because yeah. she was the only one that really went on a journey for the most part from the season yeah. from going to this like skeptic to kind of respecting the culture and then being elevated to a leader yeah uh, so i i like that decision i just Overall, thought the execution right. was just weak for the most part.
1: Yeah, and and there, are, you know, there are. I would say there is an episode in here that I think has divided a lot of people. Right, where they go to a uh, a planet called Pleasure Fifteen, which had probably at least three cameos that I know of. Right, with had Jack Black, Lizzo, and Christopher Lloyd. Very very div- divisive episode. I will say to its credit, I'm happy the show shows us other cultures in Star Wars. And, and all the worlds because I'm tired of going back to the same three planets every time we, we do something, right? So, mm-hmm. um whether whether people you know, you can like it, you can hate it. I don't I don't it's fine. Everyone has their own opinion, but I'm glad that the show at least tried to step out and say, Hey, look, there are other cultures in our in this universe
0: other than Coruscant, Tatooine, and um Mandalore y- <laughs> out know, yeah. there. As I, as I say many times, if, we, if I never see another desert planet again in the galaxy far, far, far away, I'll be a happy man. Uh, yep. Yeah, we never really got to talk about the Guns for Hire episode, the one with the Jack Black and uh, Lizzo cameo in it, uh, because we were kind of waiting for the season to wrap up. Yep. I mean, uh, to me, I, I think the thing that I like the least about the episode, though, was just the reason why it even had to exist, right? Because the hurdle for Bo-Katan and Mando were they were trying to get to her old crew. Right. The uh, the mercenary, the unhelmeted Mandalorians. Right. And the obstacle was like, oh, we literally see an establishing shot of them like outside in a grassy field. Right. Mm -hmm. And the obstacle is, oh, we just can't physically get to them. Like there's like we just we can't hop on the right train and get off at the right stop because like Jack Black won't let us. So we have to go on this ridiculous like law and order esque adventure uh to get get their respect to get dropped off at the right train stop and it was yeah. just like just felt like such a weak excuse to like Absol- build yeah. this story and in the, there the, well and the, and
1: i would say the ending of this move, a lot of these episodes move way too fast for my liking at the end of it they're like you can't lead us because you don't have the dark saber and then you know denjarin was like well actually the cyborg who captured me had the sword and she got it from him so technically it's hers i'm like This is way too convenient to uh, to wrap this up. I get where we're going. I know what you're doing. But this is way too convenient in this moment to to, to move it fast. So I think there's like a lot of this stuff, like, you know, again, I don't mind the other planets. I don't mind the characters, right? There are wild and crazy characters in every universe. Totally understand. But it is very much the quickness at which the actual story had to move along around it, which was the problem at the end of Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, oh. I mean
0: there, there were obviously some standout things that I liked in the season it's not like I hated all of it any scene where Mandalorians are jumping out of a plane like shock troopers looks mm-hmm. amazing it's like so cool to just see the sky just with a half a dozen or more uh, yes. like Mandalorians flying around it just looks cool right it's just and, scratching and, that cool itch in my and, hand of like I want a bunch of action figures and I want to and, play with them on the floor well
1: <laughs> I'd even take a Mandalorian video game right where you play as like a, a class of Mandal versus other ones like in mm-hmm. like like you know hey yeah. here's like kind of like Fortnite or call of duty you're dropped out of a, a mandalorian spaceship with your class and you have to go kill the other ones is like yeah. i mean the upgrade session.
0: mechanics are already built in the gameplay yep. right there right are you going to be are you going to play with the grappling hook are you going to do jet packs are you, are you going to be a flamethrower you, you get the main a heavy, gun a light? Yeah, like you know yeah. are you going to do like knives or something you know um Yep. Maybe develop the lore of like some lower grade like dark sabers, right? You know, well so the vibe they had like the vibro blades as
1: well. Like you get to see yeah, the yeah, exactly, in this, so, and those yeah. are pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Uh, so-, so yeah, so all of those were cool. I love the creature that lived inside of the robot at the bottom of... Oh, the spider bot? Yeah. Of the cavern. Yeah, that thing just looked cool. Like, whoever was in charge of the visual development and design of that creature and the execution of its animation was just, like, very creepy. I was just like seeing mando in there getting his like blood drained it's like so, this is cool this is like a cool design well
1: i'll tell you what looking at you know if we take episode one of the things so at the end of this the dark saber is destroyed right um mm-hmm. no more dark saber great this is a really good way to wrap up all three mandalorian seasons i think the ending was was really good to wrap it all up right we're in a new place going forward we don't have the baggage of like again Hopefully Moff Gideon and this Darksaber shit is done. We can move forward. But I will say they, they really skipped out on the Darksaber being too heavy for Din, right? Remember that little little tease they put in Book of Boba Fett? Mm. Like, oh, you got to learn to use it better. He never got to use it but, like, twice. Uh, and I'm like, eh, whatever. That's a real disappointment. I'm glad it's gone at this point. But I will say, looking at these episodes, if we did episode 1 and 2, skip to the end of Guns for Hire and then did the last two was three and four, this would be the entire season in a nutshell, right? Everything else in the middle. The pirate, while albeit space battles are really cool, did that do anything for the show? No, yeah, not and, really. <laughs>
0: like, like, there's and, nothing out there for that. And also, like... I think we did talk about this a little bit on on the show what, just before we kind of took our, our our Mando break uh during the podcast where the episode of the the convert right the one where they break away from the Mandalorian storyline and they talk about like these rehabilitated like yeah, you know yeah. basically like prisoners of war but I guess technically they're not prisoners but Oh no, they're, really. they're
1: they're rehabilitated um You know, empire employees, if you will, like, like, Hey, you can provide a service to the
0: new Republic. We're going to monitor you and do all this other stuff. But, you know, here's a job for you. And it really felt like, even though I very much disliked the episode, I was like, Oh, well, maybe this will lead to something later in the season. And it really didn't. No. I mean, the the kind of evil, kind of rehabilitated uh, character, she pops up again momentarily. And I guess maybe a little bit of the backstory of kind of cloning is revived yeah. in that le- in that yeah. last episode kind of but like it really it just didn't matter it was yeah. almost like we already know cloning is a thing like just there's an entire prequel movie where we go to the cloning right. factory and then there's multiple like animated series where we follow cloned characters yeah. and what it what it means to be a clone and having your own like autonomy and personality yeah. so it's just like it just felt like why did we even stop for a whole episode to check in with this when it felt like it amounted well, to nothing and most people at, didn't like it
1: Well, I say at the time, I'm like, this is cool. These characters are going to become important later, right? At the moment, it felt like, oh, this is fun. Maybe there's, like, more, I would say, like, embedded agents in this, right, that are working. And we're going to find out. You know, we didn't even get to see a visual of Moff Gideon's escape from the ship, like a retelling or a reenactment. We just got to see the ship in space. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. they told us they didn't show us um but i thought this was going to come up because there is a really cool part in the next last episode right with the shadow council at the beginning of this um we get to see do you remember um uh, uh commander hux from the sequel trilogy right um, yeah yeah, so his, yeah his dad's in there captain Ooh. pelion who is very heavily in the um the uh grand admiral thrawn books that i'm reading from the 90s like he is Thron second in command. They even name drop Thron, right? Because we know they're building towards that movie that mm-hmm. Felony's working on. But like, you know, that those are those are fun little teases and stuff like that. But like, I really thought they would do more with that those characters, right? The the embedded New Republic,
0: <clears throat> yeah, dark and Ages. I I... and they
1: didn't. And I'm like, you know, you had an opportunity, and you just kind of told the story how yeah how you got rid of the cloning guy. But if you never reminded me he was there, I would have never
0: remembered him at all to begin with. Yeah. And I think they overall just kind of fumbled the whole concept of Mandalore as a planet to begin with, right? You know, um, we talked about previous Mandalorian episodes and especially coming off of an entire season of Andor where it felt like they probably hardly ever used a volume at all. Like whenever they would land on Mandalore, I could just see the volume more than I ever thought that I could, especially Mm -hmm. when they're kind of on that rocky landing pad in those first couple episodes (laughs) where they go there. It's like, I can just, I can see the... The dome like already yeah. like obviously yeah. they're doing a great job but I can tell what's going on here and then there's a few shot so, shots when they're inside the planet and they're like running through corridors hard cut to a different shot of a new corridor it's like okay yeah. this is they're just rearranging the set so it kind of just makes me feel like I'm watching like you know an old episode of Star Trek and I'm sure some oh. people are like oh that's a great nostalgia like callback to old sci-fi but to me it just feels like I can see the production well, seems really coming in when we're exploring Mandalore. Well,
1: there, there are two things. One, it's you know very convenient that the sky is a very gray overcast color and everything was quote-unquote glassed on the floor, right? Shiny mm-hmm. floors, very undescript sky. Perfect. My biggest thing is when I saw the rock formations on the thing and the, the, the droid goes behind the rock, I'm like, there's just one rock here and he just went behind yeah. it to hide. Like, there's not there's no path back there. <laughs> He's just hiding behind the rock while they, they cut. And, and I get that. I think, you know, Mandalore's a planet if it was too much sets, it would it, I I don't think they should have built the sets, but hopefully as Mandalore is rebuilt, right? We we now know that they are back there. The forge has been redone. They're going to attempt to rebuild Mandalore. Yes, build those sets now that they actually have something living yeah. in there. Well, Absolutely go forward and do that. You don't need to also, use the volume for everything now. You can, you can yeah. do both.
0: And it's like, I do love the idea, though. If you're kind of like this fractured, like, evil network in the galaxy and you need a place to hide out and rebuild oh, Mandalore makes total sense, right? Because, oh, no one's looking at that planet to begin with. And even if they could, they can't really look at it because you can't see to the surface with, like, instruments. So I love that clever idea, right? Yeah. But I feel like there should have been, like, almost, like, hints that they were there once they made it to the surface at the beginning of the season because it was like... Oh, all of a sudden there's a gigantic base there, like, carved mm-hmm. into, like, a valley, and there's, like, starships, and it's, like, all fleshed out, and it's just, like, have they, like, not notice that, you know? I can, I can <laughs> understand
1: they're, like, in the rocks, and they can't read into the ground. That's fine, but, like, and, and I honestly appreciate that they're using older, you know, Star Wars visuals as, like, the hallways, right? Those are the hallways you saw in the Death Star, like, back when they were making the original star wars movies same same pattern but at this you know i agree with you at the same time like there just happens to be several military attachments like ready to fly in a given moment like they don't need security there they knew that they don't need security because no one's coming Mm -hmm. there um i did enjoy the tie fighter drops from the ceiling like bats whenever they were flying out i thought that 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 looked that looked rad yeah that was pretty cool um the return of the praetorian guards um you know i still Mm -hmm. want some history on them but Pretty cool to see early like twenty year prior Praetorian guards, you know, kind of come out of the woodwork, um, and then also, you know, um, one of the cool things about the uh, the guy who who died, I'm trying to remember, pa- is Paz Viz- Pazvala, he, um, you know, for being, you know, again, they, his son was saved and he was killed, but like literally, it took three Praetorian guards to kill him. Like I'm like, he took a lot of troopers with him. That guy is a pretty pretty badass for for Mm -hmm. a mandalorian and i'm glad they all kind of came together i was really worried at the end they were gonna be like oh axe Woves or um the the armorer sold them out to to gideon right and Mm -hmm. and she was the one helping to make the beskar armor so i'm really glad they didn't go that route and kept everyone together and it made it i thought her aerial battle with the hammers that was cool as fuck like yeah that aerial
0: battle in the cave was awesome like visually all, yeah, the there's group. obviously some great stuff that goes on here. That yeah. final battle where Grogu is finally just kind of trained enough to where he can contribute to a uh, to a uh, to a fight scene is really cool. <laughs> how how pr-
1: cliche was it that a little bitty pipe fell on him and held him down? Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah, that's a cliche, super,
0: isn't it? I, it? I mean, him inside of the robot with the no 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 yes 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 button, yeah. it felt like Prime like uh, Mandalorian like silliness in the best way yeah. of almost to the point where like, man, I wish this was saved for like a better season. So I yeah. felt like I could enjoy it more because I think this ultimately brings me to weird Star Wars fans, right? We're going to be watching this no matter what. You know, Disney Plus does not need to worry about if they're pleasing us in a way because hell, we even stuck it in with Andor, and we like we didn't yeah. even think that was something we even wanted, right? So it's almost like the the show is being well, made we, for us. We suck
1: it through Book of Boba Fett. Let's 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 yeah. not cut anything here. We sucked through that whole season.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, like if you're making these big decisions on a on a streaming scale, I can tell you from the point of view of my wife. Uh, who loved the first two seasons and just, you know, was in love with uh, baby Grogu, uh, I really had to convince her to finish this season, right? You know, we, we were both evenly kind of like checking out, you know, this uh, more than any other season were phones, you know, coming off the cop- coffee table, waiting for, you know, acts to wrap up to see where the hell this episode was going. So uh, I would say ultimately, I don't think this is like fatal way you know I, if this was being diagnosed in an office i don't think anything is fatal here right but i think it's more like hey you know your tickers looking a little your cholesterol's a little high you know maybe cut well, back on a couple of these yeah. things come back to me and you know in one year come back to me in one more season we'll we'll check back in i'm sure you'll be fine so, so that's well, kind of what i'm in, looking out for.
1: in in that regard though i do think they set it up in a good point where we're not expecting the same thing going forward right like mm-hmm. this show they changed the status quo and they put the characters in new places that we don't have to worry about, and maybe even feels more like a season one next season, right? Because we know John Favreau has admitted he has written season four already, so season four is done written. Um, so I think they're going to work on this through the back half of this year. They know now; we all know now they're working towards the New Republic, yeah, movie uh, with Dave Filoni at the helm, which I believe is going to be a full. I don't think Grand Admiral Thrawn will be the entire villain of Ahsoka, right? We saw him. We I think those Jet the Dark Jedi will be the Thrawn will appear in the last episode, and he will be the villain of the movie at the end of the day. Um, and I think we're moving that way. But I think season four, having, you know, again, Grogu is a foundling now, right? Or what's he not a foundling? Um, the next level up, where he, he can't take the creed, but he can work
0: with... Yeah, like a, like a trainee or something. Like, like an apprentice remember. or
1: something, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, so so he is going to, to do that, and... Um, you know, he is now a freelancer for the New Republic, right? So I think he's going, like, the story is not going to be back to Mandalore. Maybe once to check in. Maybe they, to... honestly, I've seen a lot of fan art of, of people giving Grogu a Mandalorian helmet that fits him. Like, maybe he'll be a little bigger, right, for the next season instead of, like, a little baby the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, give him a helmet, whatever. But I think we're going to see a different season four than we've seen going past. Because the end of this, with the Darksaber destroyed... Moff Gideon's clones and himself probably destroyed. There's there's rumor that it's he, it wasn't him because he's missing the mustache that he had on all the pro, on the all the promo art had him with the mustache, and they're
0: like, well, that was just that, a clone that they killed. That's gonna be one of the. That would be one of the biggest mistakes I think they could make. Oh yeah, if absolutely. They bring yeah. Him back again because it was already so underwhelming for me to see they, him. Again. They, they, they love
1: bringing him in in the final episode and that's it. Nothing else throughout the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they did that in the first one as well. But like, you know, put him, put him in a new area doing, you know, one-off missions. You know, maybe leading to this bigger story where he's going to team up with, Ahsoka, and the rebels crew to take on Thrawn. Right? He's like, hey, we need a hired hand to help us. We're gonna get him. Uh, to to do some missions with us. So, or, you know, do a mission in tandem while we're doing something else, I think is the way to go. Because I feel like the ending of this feels like a new beginning for everybody. And that's really, you know, kind of, I think what you're saying, right? Don't do another season of the past three seasons we've seen of the Mandalorian. Do a new one where he's doing new missions and has something else to work for rather than this this Darksaber saber. BS or or like you know working with the Creed and going back to Mm. bring the Mandalorians together I think there's a new beginning here that we can go say going forward
0: yeah well at the beginning of the episode, I thought we were going to be a little bit more split, but I thought you were going to be slightly more optimistic, and oh, I think you are more optimistic yeah. than me for sure. But it seems like we are both kind of let down by this yeah, season yeah. in some I w- way. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't say I'm let down; it's just not the best season, right? I, in comparison to everything else, this is not the worst television in the world, right? There is there is much worse out there that we could be watching. Uh, you could have watched Ghosted today on Apple TV Plus and <laughs> been really disappointed. Like this is not the best, but like you can tell that it's not, you know. John Favreau may be trying his best, but it's missing the, the the I guess the the inherent I guess guidance of Dave Filoni, right? Who knows Star Wars and loves Star Wars, um, who 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 is continually giving projects, but like nobody. Did you, did you see him in the final episode? By the way, Dave Filoni, the
0: cowboy hat at the bar in the final episode oh no i didn't i didn't i didn't notice him
1: yeah at the bar when then he goes to to the new public you you can see that cowboy hat a mile away mike if you go back and look <laughs> at that. but i think you know john Favreau by himself is is just okay um you know he's, he's getting to a point where it's just okay it's missing the dave floney thing because he is working on his own show and i'm excited to see ahsoka and you know hoping for the best for that to to bring some more quality back to this um mm-hmm. at the end of the day but you know when you say like you know we we last year we we had andor which is you know peaked again prestige television Peaked star wars different right there's a lot more aliens in this than the words and or um different story different sets but like you know you can see like oh this could have been better and we've seen better so do better next time and um i'm hoping that this new status quo where everything is mandalorian going forward a direction for a movie that is that dave filoni saying we need to get these characters to x okay so so start working on that can bring us a really good season four but at the same time i just don't think three was the best at the end of the day right if you say rank your mandalorian season you'd be like well like maybe two one three or one two three right at the end of the day so not too bad but not that not too good either don't don't
0: don't take us out of context but uh let's wrap this up let's get out of here mike if people know what you're up to what you're doing where can they find you at, buddy well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and you can read my brand new webcomic Life Rewards Risk at LifeRewardsRisk.com. Uh Chris, people want to check you out. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram valdan 87
1: You can also still message me at Twitter Valdan, but again, absolutely whatever. You can come listen to this show every week where I'm going to be and if people want to listen to more of our episodes, Mike, where can they find all those goodies at
0: Oh, all of those goodies exist at SuperheroSlate.com, the best place to find all the avenues we host our show, and to get our awesome show notes on our upcoming release calendar. If you want to see the movies and TV shows that we're going to be talking about this year, we got a nice little calendar over there that you should check out. Find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at store. We love hearing from you. Reach out. What did you think of Mandalorian Season 3? Did you love it? You, do you want more of it? Do you want something a little bit different what's your favorite season let us know and we love our super fans so if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be back next week folks that's right and we'll catch you next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe